getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You guys know him and love him as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we had a couple of small pieces of news hit the wire on Wednesday, which included the Broncos signing a new scout, and then also Emmanuel Sanders talking about how he's feeling, you know, with bouncing back from his Achilles. You know, I really, and not to go too over the top with this, but I really liked his scouting hire, uh, Chad. Francie Jordan came over from the Texans. Before that, he was with the Patriots. He helped discover Malcolm Butler. He's, as Mike Liss described him, a very renowned uh, figure in the scouting circles. So they didn't bring back Klein Kubiak, the son of Gary Kubiak, who's with uh, the Vikings now. So to replace him, I think they got a pretty good hire here. In terms of Manuel Sanders, he's taking it one day at a time. A lot of Broncos fans were discouraged by the fact that he said he's not ahead of schedule, he's not behind schedule, but he's not getting his hopes up. It's the right way to go about it. He's not setting an artificial deadline to meet. He's taking it truly one day at a time. Yeah. It's good to see. You know who else cut his teeth with the New England Patriots as a scout? And that is none other than Matt Russell. John Elway's right-hand man in the front office. So, And there's sure. something to be said for the Patriot way. I mean, from a scouting perspective, the way that they're able to find uh, gems, not only in the undrafted ranks, but late rounds. So any of that intelligence, you know, it's a championship-caliber squad. And if you can graft in some of those elements that fit your organization, why the hell not? All right, and, and to go along with the fact that Russell, they actually overlapped in New England, uh, Jordan and Russell. So there's definitely chemistry there. And the Broncos have one of the best scouting front offices to me in the NFL, and that just got even better. So it was a great hire by Elway. And it just continues just a fantastic offseason of personnel moves uh, for the Duke. So here's what we're going to do today. We're shaking things up a little bit this week, mostly due to the fact that I had some unforeseen traveling that I had to do this week, which has kind of thrown Zach and and my schedule off a little bit here as it relates to the podcast. So what we're going to do today is we are going to drop our VIP mailbag. So instead of Friday, you guys are going to be listening to this on Thursday. And then what you're going to get is on Friday, you're going to get a fresh episode of Building the Broncos. Then Zach and I are going to return 
and podcast Friday evening when I'm back in town, back at the, the Mile High Huddle Cockpit. We'll drop a fresh episode breaking down everything from the first day of Broncos Rookie Minicamp that you'll be able to listen to Saturday or at some point over the weekend. So today we're going to jump into the mailbag, but first let me just remind you guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Really easy to do, and it's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then do not forget to leave your creative review and rate the show on iTunes. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. All right, Zach, it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your Burning Broncos questions. And as always, we love hearing from the Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports VIP subscribers. And if you're not a VIP, what are you doing? Take some time, go to the website, milehighhuddle.com, click on the green banner, and subscribe. Once you're in the fold, not only do you get access to Zach and myself here on the VIP mailbag, each and every week we answer every single VIP question in the mailbag. You also get access to 100% of the written content that we publish on the front page, which includes, just for an example, earlier this week, I published a long-form breakdown film room on Jawan Winfrey. Most of you guys have no idea what the Broncos are getting in Jawan Winfrey, and that film room for VIP subscribers begins to scratch the surface on why the Broncos traded up to grab him in the sixth round. So if you haven't become a VIP subscriber, take care of that. You also get access to our insiders only, our staff forum, MHH Insiders. The first question comes from Arctic Bronco, going on four months as a VIP subscriber, becoming increasingly more active on the forums. We love the engagement. We love the conversation. Arctic Bronco says, what will you guys talk about for the next couple of months? I'm always interested in the projections for the fringe, the bubble players. I really enjoy the projections you did for the 2018 draft class on Huddle Up Podcast number 255. So <clears throat> that was only, what was it, Zach? That was two pods ago where yeah. we kind of went through that article I wrote kind of projecting the impact of the 2018 rookie class in year two. So we'll uh, we'll... I'll throw in some ideas here, but what, what's your answer for what we will be talking about here on the podcast over the next couple of months, which, as everyone knows, you know, it's going to be peppered with some OTAs, but really it's the, dead, the most dead time on the NFL calendar. Yeah, I mean, right now, especially before rookie minicamp starts, we have nothing to go on, uh, little news to go on, but we're going to talk about everything. That's what we do. We're going to break down uh, the rosters, the starting lineups, get you ready for the minicamp in June, get you ready for training camp in July. Uh, but for right now, it's just projections. It's just 
Um, understanding how the Broncos roster sits at 90 men right now and what they will do eventually to get it down to 53. Uh, for the most part, all we can go on, Chad, is our analysis and what we think will happen until we get to the news on Friday and the rookie minicamp. Thankfully, we have some OTAs, but you're right. It's that dead period right now. We just have to uh, keep Broncos country along with, you know, with how we think the roster will shape up in a couple months. But, you know, really, it's this time of year. It's why we're professionals. It's why we get paid to come up with compelling content for our subscribers and for our readers. And trust me, for those of you who have been following the work that myself and, and the Mile High Huddle guys have been doing for the last six seasons, you know that we're never going to be sitting on our hands, even in the dead time. And Zach always has done a great job covering the Denver Broncos. So there's going to be plenty to talk about. To try and get specific for you, Arctic Bronco, as Zach said, we're going to be looking at the depth charts. We're going to be projecting position battles. We're going to be looking at the starting lineup. We're going to be looking at the schedule. There's, there's actually a lot more to analyze than people think. It's, it's just that there's no current events to kind of um, create a little bit more momentum or urgency. But we'll get to that yeah. stuff. So just stand pat. There's going to be a lot to get to. And maybe we'll circle back and do some projections if you really like that episode. Zach, maybe we can circle back and do a podcast episode where we're projecting. You know, we can lay out our starting lineups and then try and project maybe some stats, what we expect to see from the guys. Oh, I'm down for that for sure. I mean, I know personally I'll, I'll be doing uh, updated depth charts, updated starting uh, lineup projections. I'll do 53-man projections. There's so much fun stuff we can do, Chad. But like you said, until we get to the mini camp on Friday, we just have nothing to go on for right now. Let's get to this question here from Bronco Guy 65 going on seven months as a VIP subscriber. Bronco Guy says, well, I think we all agree that Vic Fangio is a big upgrade to the prior coaching staff. It is still his first time as a head coach. Ultimately, he will be measured on wins and losses. So what type of success will Fangio need to have to serve out his contract, especially considering all of the roster upgrades over the last year? Appreciate all the great content you guys put yeah, put out and all the hard work. Thanks, Bronco Guy 65 Appreciate you, brother, for being a VIP and a consistent and loyal listener of the Huddle Up podcast. But, Zach, what's your answer for Bronco Guy? Well, his first year, like any other new head coach, it's a honeymoon season. So he can go 3-13 and 13 this year. It won't matter. So next year, they might have a new quarterback taking over. They'll have uh, the system in place. They'll have the players that Fangio wants and the culture he has instilled. Um, I would say he has a really, really good chance. I, I personally believe he'll get a second contract in Denver. I see Vic Fangio hanging on for a while. But the measure of success to me is not wins and losses necessarily. It's growth. It's progress. I mean, uh, the Broncos went 9-7 and seven under Gary Kubiak. They didn't make the playoffs. A lot of Broncos fans were disappointed. Then Vance Joseph comes and they go 5-11 and 11 and 6-10. and 10. It's all about perspective. It's all about progress. So if they can develop some players, they can point in the right direction. They have their quarterback of the future waiting in the wings. If Fangio can just bump along the development of these players and just show that the arrow is trending upward, he'll go into 2020 with momentum. So I don't see him getting fired anytime soon, and I think he'll be a good boon for this organization for the long haul. I mean, even if Fangio can lead the Broncos to a plus 500 record, yeah, and even if they don't make the playoffs, that'll be such a giant leap in the right direction after two consecutive seasons of double-digit losses. That's the type of momentum, even if they miss the playoffs, that I think you could begrudgingly, even as a fan who has nothing but the highest of expectations for your team, can say, you know what, you came in, you elevated a squad, you, you took what was a, a improved roster, and indeed, you helped elevate the team beyond. Because, you know, just to 
just to play above 500 by a single game, you'd have to win three more than what the Broncos won last season. So if Fangio can do that, I think it'll be a more than successful first season as a head coach. But honestly, we've talked about it on the show before. Even though the schedule looks brutal right now, the presence of Joe Flacco, an improved and upgraded uh, coaching staff and offensive line, plus the work they did in the draft this year, getting Noah Fan. I mean, that's gonna, that's an underrated weapon that the Broncos are going to be able to deploy in 2019. Plus, you start looking at the rookies, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, from 2018, taking that next step forward like Cortland Sutton. Who knows what's in store for a guy like Bradley Chubb, as insanely talented as he is, under a guy like Vic Fangio. You look at Philip Lindsay once he gets that wrist healthy. You look at Royce Freeman. You look at Deshaun Hamilton and Josie Jewell. I mean, the sky's the limit for these guys, and even Troy Fumagalli. So that's why they're in the NFL. They continue to develop, and you see the biggest jump in their in their development, more often than not with most positions anyway, from year one to year two. And so Fangio can capture that and shape it toward you know stacking some w's in the win column i think this is a team that again i'm on record on this so far this offseason i think this is a team that's going to surprise some people this year now i'm not willing to go out quite yet i want to see how things shape up in the preseason we'll see i'm not quite willing to go out on a limb saying you know this is a wild card team or this is a team that's going to win the afc west because it is a tough division i want to see how they look this summer against outside competition. I want to see how Fangio and Scangarello's schemes look in the practical application of them with this collection of players. But I remain optimistic that this might be one of the dark horse teams that goes from a type of worst to first scenario. It's a possibility that I'm strongly entertaining right now, Zach. It's true. And let me just add that wins and losses obviously are important, but I want to see how the Broncos compete. I want to see how they play. Uh, Will they be sloppy, penalty prone, killing themselves, um, being their own worst enemy like we saw under Vance Joseph? Will they truly learn to avoid a death by inches? I want to see that killer instinct. I want to see the Broncos close out games. I want to see the Broncos take uh, Super Bowl contenders and take them down to the wire and beat them, unlike last year when they came close. So yeah, they might... Uh, have better win-loss record, but I want to see Fangio put his words into action and make the Broncos a better, a more disciplined team, a smarter team, uh, a more physical team. You put that all together, the win should come naturally. We still have a few more questions in this mailbag that we're going to dive into, but first, you guys, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, so next question here comes from Burke2105, going on two months as a VIP subscriber, also a guy that has become increasingly more active in the forums. Loving the conversation there from you, Burke. Burke says, I know the bridges might be burned in Denver, so this is probably unlikely, 
But would bringing Shane Ray back as a pass-rushing depth piece make sense? No. It was reported that the Bears were interested in trading for him, this being before the Khalil Mack trade. So Fangio must have seen something that he liked. It's a new coaching regime, and Fangio could get something more out of Ray. Now, Zach, off the cuff, you said no. Explain your thought process there. I just don't think he adds anything to the table. I just don't think if the Broncos wanted him back, they would have signed him by now. What does he add that Jeff Holland, Justin Hollins, or uh, Malik Reed can't offer? He had his time in Denver. He was a former first-round bust. He didn't work out here. He had a bad attitude last year. He needed to change his scenery. He's not coming back, and nor should he. That's just uh, my feelings on it. You landed on the most important thing here. I mean, we can talk about the fact that he, after having a solid second year in 2016, just, you know, he failed to live up to his first-round expectations. I mean, he was basically a first-round bust. Maybe just this side of a first-round bust. Maybe I won't quite go so far as calling him a first-round bust, but he's just, he's almost there. I mean, he's, he's on the line. But the biggest thing is his attitude, and he really turned off a lot of people within the organization last year. He did not take kindly to the way the team handled his injury. He did not take kindly to seeing the team take Bradley Chubb with the fifth overall pick last year and then losing any kind of you know qualitative or quantitative playing time to a rookie. And he festered. And I'm not going to say that I've heard anything about him being any kind of a cancer, but that's what you risk when you have a player like that just sitting in the locker room you know, feeling sorry for himself and rubbing off on other players like Asua Cravens and guys like that. So you got to excise that type of player, get him out of the organization. And as much potential, Zach, as Shane Ray had when the Broncos took him in the first round, and especially those first two years, you know, he did show some some potential. I mean, he had in two seasons, he exceeded, I think it was 12 or 13 sacks. He was showing promise, but you can't make the club from the tub. And that wrist injury just derailed him. And then from there, he was just never in the right headspace to be a true contributor on this defense. And last year, what did he have? One sack? And yeah. it was a cleanup sack. I can rem- I can picture the sack right now. It, it was He was never the same Shane Ray after that wrist injury. He just never came back from it. And he, he wasn't a good overall player. And I, I will easily say he's a first-round bust. He's not good against the run. He's not good setting the edge. He's inconsistent getting to the quarterback. To me, he just offers nothing, and I couldn't be happier that he's no longer with the Broncos. Trivia question. Can you remember the last quarterback Shane Ray sacked? <laughs> I, I recall the sack last year. I cannot remember the game it was in. <laughs> it was Joe Flacco, week three. Oh, nice. That's interesting. And it was a free run at the quarterback, basically. It wasn't because it was. he beat his man, you know, with a nifty pass rush move. And Flacco's so mobile, too. Right. You know? So, Shane Ray, listen, happy trails. Enjoy that Kansas City Chiefs tattoo. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you on the flip-flop. The Broncos, I mean, hey, they've already moved on because not only are they expecting some good things from Jeff Holland, but they drafted Justin Hollins in the fifth round, and they acquired Dakota Watson. So, Shaquille Barrett's gone. If there was any one of those two guys the team would have strongly considered bringing back, it would have been Barrett, not Ray. Yep. yep. I was a much bigger fan of Sha- Shaq Barrett than Shane Ray. Let's move on here to the next question from Bronco Gig 95 going on 27 months as a VIP subscriber. He says, since it's the dead zone of the offseason and not much to talk about, Uh-oh. maybe we can convince Zach that the trade for <laughs> Flacco is elite, especially since he's still in his prime. 
I, oh, the trade is a lead. They only gave up a fourth-round pick for their starting quarterback. So, yeah, the trade in itself is a lead. I, I'm just not sure the player is a lead, but that's pretty funny. Uh, you know, maybe I'll come around. I don't know. I just – Chad, you know how I feel about this. I, I want to see him on the field when the bullets start flying. I, I couldn't care less what he does in a non-padded simulation. I, I, I would come around. I would be fair with it, but it's going to take some convincing. That's all. You know, he's trying to – settle in to his new environs i mean he's got merchandise mile high joe you know there's some swag out there for you to go out and buy and you guys know i mean i'm on record i'm a lot more optimistic about the flacco acquisition and his prospects as a starter here than zach is and the biggest reason why is he's returning to a system that he thrived in it was his best statistical season in 2014 similar he, that he's going to be running here in Denver under Rich Gangarello. The Broncos went out and improved the offensive line, and as Zach iterated on that previous question, you know, he's not the most mobile quarterback, but what he does have is, you know what, made a stone. Okay, he'll stand tall in the pocket, he'll take hits, he'll take the pressure in order to deliver the football, and so he, and he's got the arm. You know, we've had guests on like Benjamin Albright who talked about the biggest difference between a guy like Flacco and Case Keenum, for example, you know, besides their obviously their resumes are completely different, but as a player, the biggest difference is that Joe Flacco forces the opposing defense because of his arm strength to defend every blade of grass. And so if you if the Broncos, if all of their, you know, maneuverings and additions pay off and he's afforded the time, I mean he has a chance to have one of these rebound type of seasons. And again, I don't underestimate the emotional component of having been Kristen, uh, christened the Ravens franchise quarterback. And, you know, when he won that Super Bowl in 2012, thinking he's on his way to the Hall of Fame and he gets that gargantuan contract. And, you know, he started for that organization for 10 years and to be so quickly supplanted by a first round quarterback, you know, he's he's got a chip. And I think that's going to play a role in him you know, how he plays in 2019 for the better or for worse. I personally think Zach, it's going to be for the better. I will say this. I'll say this. The Broncos did a really, really nice job this offseason stacking the cupboard around Joe Flacco, uh, giving all his weapons a boost, the offensive line, the tight end in the first round, uh, bringing back all his receivers. If, like I said on yesterday's pod, if the Broncos were smart, they will hide Joe Flacco. They will lean on the defense, lean on the running game, and, and use his arm where it's ap- applicable. So if they can do that, if they could do those things, they can win. And he should be a big upgrade on Case Keenum. I'm just not ready to go all in just yet until some games uh, start getting underway. Yeah, no doubt about it. They've done a much better job. And even just the additions on the offensive line and even just the addition of Noah Fant should allow Joe Flacco a lot more leeway to be productive as a starter. And one thing I can tell you about Joe Flacco is – you know, he might not be that guy, Zach, that's going to light up the Star Wars numbers like a Peyton Manning. Don't don't even start thinking down that road. But what he is, is a quarterback who's going to play within his lane. He's going to play within himself. And if the game is, is within striking distance in the fourth quarter late, I, my money's on Joe Flacco to get that W. And it's kind of funny, and, and don't misinterpret this, because the two totally different players. But John Elway was never a player with a couple of exceptions, even for his time, that dominated the box score statistically. I mean, he had a 16-year career, and so those numbers add up. And when he retired, he was one of the most productive 
quarterbacks of all time from a statistical perspective. But he was never a guy just lighting it up like Dan Marino's season, for example, where he set that single-season touchdown record all those years ago, 48, I believe it was, back in 84, I want to say. That was never John Elway. But what he was able to do is, you know, he built his legend. You know, obviously he won those two Super Bowls, but he really built his legend as a player long before that as a guy who was money in the clutch. And that's something I think Joe Flacco brings to the table. And on top of everything else we've already discussed with the additions, that's one thing that really encourages me because, Zach, we saw last year in those close games when the chips were down, that was most often when Case Keenum ended up playing his worst. Yeah, you know, I I even said it last year on some pod last year. The Broncos don't need a Tom Brady. It'd be nice, but they don't need a Tom Brady. They don't need an All-Pro. They don't need an Aaron Rodgers. They just need competency. And they thought they were getting it last year in Keenum, but what we saw was he was still the— they were winning in spite of him, not because of him. Hopefully with Flacco, they can win because of him. If they can do that, this team will turn a corner fast. All right, last question here comes from JC3762, 17 months as a VIP subscriber. JC says, how are players such as Joe Jones, Brendan Langley, Will Parks, Elijah Wilkinson, Jeff Holland, and Jake Butt perceived within the organization? Are there any front office guys that are betting the farm for these guys? Is there anybody at the top trying to get these players out of the organization is JC's question. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? Well, let's take it on an individual basis here. Uh, Joe Jones, to me, is good inside linebacker depth. He's not going to start. Langley is a, a burner type who's converting. He's not really in the mix. Parks could start. Wilkinson, to me, stands out because apparently uh, Leary's moving back to a right guard per Garrett Bowles. So they want maybe Wilkinson at left guard. Or they don't know how the configuration is, but he'll be in the mix somewhere. Jeff Holland's going to get playing time. And Jake Butt, to me, whatever you get out of him after three ACL tears is a bonus. So in the front office, I'm sure Mike Munchak likes Wilkinson. I'm sure Donatello and Fangio like Will Parks. Every coach has its favorite. We saw last year with Parks and Vance Joseph. Um, but it's an individual basis, and these players all have to prove their worth. None of them, for the most part, maybe for Parks and uh, Holland and Wilkinson, none of them are guaranteed a spot on the 53. All of them have to compete this summer, uh, so we'll have to see how it shakes out. Two guys that jump out to me from that list that I know have guys rooting for them in the front office are Brendan Langley and Jake Butt. And it's no coincidence that one of them represents a former premium round draft pick and the other, Jake Butt, even though he was taken in the fifth round, he was viewed as a premium caliber player. And the Broncos, let me put it this way, their faith in Jake Butt as, as you know, it was, was, was how, how can I put this? Their faith in Jake Butt was remained high even after they nursed him through his redshirt rookie season. And you could tell that by how much playing time he was getting out of the gates last season. But that third suffering that third ACL in his football career forced him to face some facts. And that's why you saw them re-sign Jeff Hyman. That's why you saw him go in the first round after no offense. And that was after we've been told that they were willing and ready to take TJ Hawkinson at pick 10 if he slipped but he ended up going two picks before to Detroit. So they've had to face facts. They've had to come to terms with the reality that even though the upside is there for Jake Butt, Zach, you know, he's got to prove it that he can stay healthy and stay on the field. And I think still to this, to this point though, if like Jake Butt talked about on that radio interview that uh, we've talked about on the pod and I wrote about, I think it was end of March when the, the medical staff, not medical staff, when the surgeon went in, 
to repair his knee this last time. They noticed that the notches that the tendon actually connects to in the knee were remarkably narrow, okay, like unusually narrow. And because of that, as an athlete, when he was running, it was putting undue, un, unusual undue pressure and torque and friction on his ligament. And it's one of the reasons why he's been so prone to that injury. Well, this particular surgeon, Zach, what he did is he kind of uh, scoped out those notches to allow the ligament, once they've healed, more room to kind of wiggle around without coming up against bone and cartilage. And so Jake Butt, based on his advice from from his surgeon and his doctors, is of the opinion that that's going to solve his problems. You know, that's going to be the, you know, the difference maker for him in terms of this time being different. Now, we won't, you know, we'll only know that as it comes out in the wash, but I, I remain optimistic, but I'm with the Broncos on this, Zach. At this point, you've got to move forward based on who you know you can count on. And at this point, you, count, you can't count on Jake. But, however, if healthy, he automatically is the number two tight end in terms of talent and ability on this roster. Yeah, but if, if healthy is the big qualifier there, I just think if the Broncos had any hopes for Jake Butt, they would not have re-signed Hireman and took a tight end in the first round. So I, I, I know for a fact Elway loved getting Butt in the fifth round. You're talking about a, a top three-round talent there, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. And like you said, you can't make the club in the tub. You just can't do it. So I would love Butt to contribute. I think he has some um, inline and all-around tight end ability I just am not holding my breath. I, I I would feel much more comfortable actually with Jeff Hireman in that role, number two behind Noah Fan. And that's definitely how it's going to start this year. You know, the season's going to start with the top two guys being Fant and Hireman. But depending on Jake Butt's prognosis and how quickly he can return, once healthy or if healthy, it will not take him long to supplant Jeff Hireman on the depth chart. Now another guy I mentioned him, Brendan Langley. I mean, we're talking about a guy here who wanted to go back to receiver, right? After after being drafted as a very raw cornerback who the Broncos really got stoked on after seeing him play at the Senior Bowl. They got stoked on him. They, they drafted him. And he wanted to go back to wide receiver. And so John Elway in the front office, they acquiesced. They accommodated and made that decision without even running it by Vic Fangio first. And this is after the Vic Fangio hire was made. And when Fangio was initial, the first time he was asked about Langley being moved to wide receiver, it was news to him. He didn't even know. Right. He was like, uh, I'll have to talk to John about that. Well, sounds like they came to some kind of an understanding because Langley's hitting camp this year as a, as a wideout. But that just kind of shows you, you know, Zach, unproven bust-level third-round picks aren't granted that, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, faith and, and willingness from a front office lest they have some kind of believers. And it might simply be, Zach, just a – self-preservation type thing from John Elway trying to salvage at all costs a that's third round exactly. pick. That's exactly what it is to me. If, if he was a seventh, sixth round pick, he would be off the roster by now. And what was Langley's justification for moving off from cornerback chat? He actually said, I don't like moving backwards. That's why he's no longer playing cornerback for the Broncos, your third round draft pick. To me, that says it all. I, I would not pin all my hopes on Brendan Langley. I'd be surprised if he's on the roster come September. Well, hey, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We are going to have a lot to talk about on Saturday's show for you. Okay, we're going to record it Friday evening. Maybe we'll publish it early for you, too. But uh, we're going to have a ton to break down on that episode. So stay with us. And again, you're going to have a Building the Broncos episode, deep dive episode for you, waiting bright and early Friday morning. So look forward and stay tuned for that. 
Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Don't forget to leave your creative reviews and five-star rating on iTunes. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Be good. Broncos football is coming back soon, starting on Friday with Rookie Minicamp. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.